0: Now we're getting to the bottom of everything.
1: It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call.
0: This world is no place for Catholic chickens.
1: Answering the call.
0: You call that a failure? I call it a great success.
1: Here's Father Joseph and Doug Kent. It's
2: time once again for Mother Angelica Answering the Call. It's the weekly radio program that highlights Mother's spiritual insights and compassion when dealing with questions that troubled her callers on her live show in the 1980s and 1990s. I'm Doug Keck, joined as always by my co-host, EWTN Chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Great to be with you again, Father.
3: Always good to be with you too, Doug, and just to uh, gain some more, some glean, some more of the uh, gems that Mother Angelica shared with our viewers over the years.
2: Let's take a look at our topics for today. Faith is not a magic formula. Hmm? What not repenting looks like, that's interesting. That's interesting. Baptize your child, definitely, and how can I listen to the Holy Spirit? Let's first get to the idea that Hmm. faith is not a magic formula. Do you find people who think it's supposed to work like that?
3: I used to think that way, too, you know, that uh, if we just had enough faith, if we did the right prayers, if we did everything correctly, then we should get what we're asking for. Well, the Lord gives us what we're asking for, but maybe not in the way that we're asking it for. He's giving us that or something better. And I was thinking about Mother Angelica's own experience when she had that major cerebral hemorrhage. How many people were praying for her and praying for her and praying and praying. And she never fully regained her use of speech. She was such a great communicator. And we could ask why she was having such a positive effect. And yet, when you saw the fruit in her own soul, you saw the fruit in other people's lives who came to see her. And just her acceptance of her being bedridden for many years, she began to glow, I think, with, with divine life in her through that surrender. And, and that's
2: the kind of situation where it's so contraindicated contra to what's assigned, counterintuitive, mm-hmm. that it shows it's really God who's doing the work.
3: And we really can trust him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's helped me, you know, seeing things like that with Mother Angelic and learning from her, of course, that it helps us to trust him and the troubles of our lives. We all have troubles. And sometimes we're kind of on shaky ground, we think, and we're worried, we're anxious. But when we see that God has our good in mind, he's going to turn it to good in some way, we can't perceive it perhaps right now, we don't understand but we don't have to understand. He and she, does.
2: And she talks about as, as so many times she has about the present moment and, and accepting the present moment, no matter how painful. Mm-hmm. And this was an interesting comment. She says, sometimes faith wavers when we try to understand.
3: All right. So again, Lord, I don't understand, but I don't have to understand. You know, and that's all that matters.
2: And I can trust you that good will come out of it ultimately. And that is faith is not a magic formula.
3: We have
0: a call. Hello? Hello? Where are you from? I'm from New York. And what can I do for
4: you? Well, my question is, I have a mother that I have a brother who's mentally ill. He lives with my mother and um, she cannot accept his illness. She feels that God was not uh, fair to her because he was a very brilliant young man. He was excelling in a lot of things, and then when it came time for him to get out into the world, he, he just couldn't cope, and he became mentally ill, and now she's, uh, she's very bitter herself. Now, mm. what could I tell Mother to comfort her? Is there any way that I can... Because she would like her son well, and we know, well, anything is possible with God, but so far, I guess God didn't want to make him well, so, so she's got to live with this. We all got to live with this
0: does he has he gone to, to to for help with the medical doctors and all?
4: Well, he's done all of that, but now he's given up. He doesn't want to do anymore. But is
0: he just afraid to go out and face the world or what?
4: well, he's he's homebound, yeah, he's, yeah he just doesn't do
0: anything. Well, the cross is always hard. You know, we can't think that faith is going to take away the cross. It's not. Sick people have faith, and people that are in dire straits can have faith, but it doesn't, it's not a, a magic formula that, that just erases everything. Faith is the acceptance, the acceptance of the present moment, no matter how painful. See? And it's acceptance of the good in the present moment with, with perfect knowledge that it comes from God and not from me. Faith is the basis of humility. I can't be humble unless I have deep faith because I have to know that God does it all. And I I don't know exactly what you can tell your mother. If you say it's God's will, I think she'll be very bitter or more bitter than she is now because she can't equate this loving, compassionate God willing this. He may not ordain it. See, some fear, maybe some natural fear, in your brother, began the ball rolling. We only know what we have to face. And, And what I would tell your mother is to give this young man to Mary and know that maybe her son is saving many souls. Maybe her suffering is saving many souls. We all have a cross. And, and sometimes you can't take that cross away. It is, it's there and permitted by God for my good. That much I know. But faith is not a, that magic formula. And, and you, you should tell your mother, let's pray together. And what do we pray for? faith. Pray for faith. See, our Lord said we're going to have a daily cross, and this is your mother's daily cross. We have to look up. See, faith makes you look up to the Lord and say, Lord, thy will be done. I love you. Take care of my son. Grant that one day he may be in thy kingdom. I accept this as my personal cross. Save souls. Save the young. Save teenagers. Save them from this kind of of cross. See, it's, it's, it's not natural to carry a cross. We want to always avoid it. The more we avoid it, the more we work against it, the heavier it gets. Why don't you say to your mom, you know, we don't understand this. Sometimes faith wavers when we try to understand. How do you understand a young six, seven-year-old boy run over and killed by a drunk? Nobody can understand that. It's not something you want. It's not logical. We, we have that cross and we, we have to bear that cross. But faith is the one There's that one beautiful virtue that allows me to say with a broken heart and tears in my eyes, Thy will be done. And what did Our Lady say when she saw her son's beard torn out and him spit upon, crowned with thorns? Pray to her. I don't know if you're Catholic or not, but why don't you just go over with your mom and say, Mom, why don't we pray the Rosary together? Why don't you take that young man before the Eucharist and say, Jesus, heal my brother. See, let's, let's try and do something for him. And, and I'll have all my sisters pray for him in particular, that our dear Lord will look upon him with great love compassion.
2: Moving ahead to our next question, what not repenting looks like. What do you mean Mm. not repenting?
3: Yes, and it's a question about a sin against the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people get anxious about that. They say, and I've been asked that, I think I committed this sin against the Holy Spirit. Am I damned forever? Is there no way I can turn around? And of course, the answer is no, Mm. you couldn't have committed that. Because what the sin against the Holy Spirit is, is that you're going to resist the promptings of the Holy Spirit to return to the Lord to repent. You're going to, re- you're going to resist that, resist it, resist it until the day of your death.
2: Right, and it's kind of I think of hardening your heart. They talked mm-hmm. about the Pharaoh's heart. You know that idea that resistant. They talked about Stalin on his deathbed. You know, right. with his fist in the air, mm-hmm. raging at heaven, kind of a story. The idea that those people are, are refuse to. Repent. And accept God's mercy.
3: He doesn't coerce us. And so it's always by invitation, which he continues to the day and the moment of our death, and maybe even a little bit beyond in that veil. We don't know. But we trust that he's going to give us everything we need for our salvation. So that's why no fear, you know, about committing this sin if we're truly repentant.
2: Absolutely. And if we're being truly repentant, we can't have committed that sin because it's... It's just the opposite of what it means. Mm -hmm. And remember, despair. Forget about despair. Have faith. Let's see what Mother has to say, what not repenting looks like.
0: And we have a phone call. Hello? Hello. Where are you from? Albuquerque, New Mexico. Wonderful. And what is your question? Well, um, Mother Angelica, I've been starting to read the Bible, and in Luke uh, chapter 12, verse 10, it says, Anyone who says a word against the Son of Man can be forgiven. But whoever says evil things against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And I don't understand
3: that scripture.
0: Okay. A person that despairs means that I feel that my sins are greater than God's mercy, so that person does not ask for forgiveness and does not repent. That's a sin against the Holy Spirit. Why? If you don't repent and you're not sorry, how could you get to heaven? Huh? How in the world? Presumption is a serious sin also. It says, Well, look, I can sin all I want. God is merciful, and there is no hell. Then you get rooted in sin. Do you remember what our Lord said to the Pharisees one side? They said, I understand. Oh, he said, You say you understand, you shall die in your sin because they were ignorant. They would not allow themselves to be enlightened by the Lord Himself. So you see, you are, your will is set against God. It is not any of breaking the Ten Commandments unless all, any or all of them are committed with full, deliberate act of the will. I know it's that's a mortal sin, but you've been forgiven of mortal sins in confession. But this is sin against the Holy Spirit is if at death if at death you refuse to repent, then you thrust yourself away from forgiveness, see? I was talking to a priest not too long ago. And I said, Father, have you ever seen anyone you thought that committed to sin against the Holy Spirit at their deathbed? He said, Oh, yeah. He said, I'll never forget it. He said, I went to see this man every day. He refused to go to confession. He said he hated God. So he said, I went this day And I said, look, just tell me, he got angry. He took the crucifix I had had in my hand and threw it against a wall. He said, I don't want to repent. At that moment, he died. That's a sin against the Holy Spirit, you see. He did not want to be forgiven. Don't be scrupulous and say, well, I did this. You may be tempted with a lot of things. That's not the gift. That's not the sin against the Holy Spirit. And why can't it be forgiven? Do you understand why? Because the soul doesn't want forgiveness. See, it's not something on God's side. God is always ready to forgive.
1: There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Keck on EWTN Radio.
2: And we appreciate you once again staying with us for part two of Mother Angelica answering the call. Father Joseph Mary Wolf's here, along with me, Doug Keck, co-hosts of this program. Let's talk about our topic, baptize your child. I'm assuming we agree mm-hmm.
3: with that, right? Definitely. And <laughs> Mother said it took a few months before she was baptized, so the Pastor said why didn't you wait till she walked you know (laughs) in here so with mother's characteristic humor but they were waiting for her godparents and one of the things that people should know is that you can have a proxy so if you wanted someone to be a sponsor or godparent for a marriage or for a baptism that you can have a proxy stand in the place of that person so you don't have to wait and that's what uh encouraged here by mother too. don't wait for the baptism of your infant
2: right and again uh, I know in the old days a lot of times it was within within weeks they tried to get a baby baptized mm-hmm. and many times it were godparents because sometimes the parents weren't even able to attend sometimes the mother was still recovering
3: you know and It will be for that child then to ratify the faith, and Mother brings that out, too. You're going to form that child in the faith. And then at the Easter Vigil, we do this every year, Easter Vigil, Easter Sunday. We renew our baptismal promises. It's a way in which we say, yes, if I was baptized as an infant, I choose anew, the Lord in my life.
2: Absolutely. So we highly endorse the idea of baptizing your child. Here's what Mother had to say.
0: We have another car. Hello? Yes, Mother? Now what can I do for you? I have a question. Okay. Um, is there a time limit that you, uh, is bad to wait before you have a child baptized? Um, we have a baby and we're probably not going to be able to do it till the end of the year. Is that going to be a problem? Well, it's not a problem, it's just that uh, uh, you keep the child in darkness all this time. I mean, you, you want to, is, is there some reason it can't be baptized now? Are you there? gone. You know, I was born in April, baptized in September. And you know know why I was baptized in September? Because I was waiting for my godparents to come back from Italy. What happened if I died between April and September? But you see, the priest looked at me, my mother said, and said, well, why didn't you wait till she walked? Now, I'm supposing there is a good reason. I don't know what the reason is. But try not to put off baptism. Because you see, this, this Trinity, it's, we need to follow the mandate of Jesus here. He said, We must be baptized. We cannot enter the kingdom unless you're baptized in, in water and the Spirit. And and we need, we need to have our children baptized as early as possible. Early as possible. We know, and maybe this is just kind of exaggerated, but um, a woman wrote and said that she had a child and uh, when the child was born, she had a priest there after it was born and put in a little cradle, you know what they do. And and he went in there and had it all masked up and he baptized the baby. That's what you call quick. But there has to be some kind of time limit and I that's a long time. There's many months here now that you're waiting and I, I take it there must be some very serious reason that you would not that you would wait so long. But if you're asking my opinion, if it could be done sooner I I certainly I would do that. And there again, you know, you don't have to, the child, it's not a matter of the child understanding, it's a matter of you understanding and your godparents' understanding. You see, it says right here, see, right here, it, it talks about, it that it is baptized in the faith of the church. See, it's baptized in the faith of the church, proclaimed by you, the parent, the godparents, and everybody present proclaims that this child, you see, is born again. See, it's the faith of the church that enters into this child. And then that's why it's so important that that we see the children must subsequently be formed in the faith in which they have been baptized. That's where you come in. The foundation for the process being the sacrament they have received. The object of the Christian formation to which children are entitled, see, it says children are entitled to baptism, is to lead them gradually from early, early, early infancy to understand and discern the plan of God for them. See how important that is? It's very important. It says, they will be able to ratify the faith in which they have been baptized
2: and wrapping things up for this week's show is how can i listen to the holy spirit is it that difficult father
3: we need discernment right and mother talks about enlisting somebody who can help you to discern and i like she has these three questions you know and again it's about the positive is this going to be something positive for the glory of god for my own soul for my family And if we see something positive that's going to help people to grow in faith, hope, and love, it's going to glorify God, then we have the discernment of someone else, then it's likely it's from God, or at least it's something good.
2: (laughs) Right, moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she also points out that if there's confusion involved, Mm -hmm. it's not the Holy Spirit.
3: Right, that there's a certain consistency, there's a certain peace. And to pray until we have that peace we don't have to rush into everything. you know. We live in an instant culture, we like instant answers, but sometimes the Lord says, wait, now is not the time. Persevere in prayer and trust. This difficulty that you're going through, it's, it's rotting, it's bringing about some good in your soul. And so sometimes we patiently pray, persevere and trust.
2: And she's also talking about the, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit and makes the point, maybe just ask for the one you need the most.
3: Invoke the Holy Spirit every day. I I encourage you to do that. And yeah, that's a good one. Holy Spirit, you know which one I need the most. Give me that gift.
2: How can I listen to the Holy Spirit?
3: Well,
0: there goes that one. (laughs) 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 Oh, dear. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? New York. And what is your question? I had a question about listening uh, to to what the Spirit is saying and to be deaf, so... To the Spirit's action in our own lives. Could you explain this? I think we will always know God's will because the Spirit does not uh, act in confusion. See? The Spirit will always tell you in peace. He never speaks in confusion. If you're confused, just keep praying. Pray until the confusion leaves you. When when, you, when there's a, a, a duty to accomplish or something you feel is God's will, you have to ask yourself a few questions. Number one, is it for the honor and glory of God? Number two, is it for your own good? Are you going to get holier? Are you going to get closer to God? Will you live a happier life? Number three, is it for the good of your family? Okay. Is it going to help them. So you, you have a, a kind of rule of thumb and that's a rule of thumb. Now, if our dear Lord asks you to do something, He will give you peace. If no peace comes, wait. Don't move. Don't act on anything. Just pray. Well, I, w- I wanted to get all of these seven gifts in for you, so I'm sorry I didn't ask sooner for more questions. However, ask the Holy Spirit to give you all of these seven just that. You don't have to remember them. Say, Holy Spirit, I want all seven gifts, and especially the one I need the most. I need the most. And when you do that, realize that somehow you may not feel it but you will definitely get something this Sunday. I guarantee it. And I am being inspired by the Holy Spirit to ask you <laughs> or remind you to put us between your gas and electric bill. In fact, I got a, a card the other day. It said, I, you remind me of my gas, electric, and telephone bill. This is a hallmark card. (laughs) And it said, but just like those bills, you turn the page, I forgot your birthday. (laughs) Well, please don't follow that card. Put us, place us, write us in, put us on your refrigerator anywhere between your gas, electric and telephone bill. We've been asked by the Spirit, by the, by the Word of God, Jesus, to spread His Word and the beauty of His Church throughout the world, throughout America, for your children, your grandchildren, for everyone in this country to come to the reality that God is their Father and we must respect and honor and glorify Him. So don't forget us. It takes a lot to run this network, a lot. But Jesus spent more than what we spent. He gave His entire life for you and I. And so, an imitation of Jesus, we want to give all we can. Our our health, our strength, our talents and your money. <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> I could say more, but I only got the uh, five seconds, so I think I said enough. God bless you and bye now. <laughs>
1: For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.